by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Yes, it is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke, author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening. Our program today is brought to you by The Willie Store, your true value hardware store near Caspian Lake in Greensboro. Greensboro. By Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. Grow Compost of Vermont at growcompost.com, Route 2 in Moortown. By Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you, Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Alban. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Go to Clausen's.com and get their Magna Monday coupons. Great values always. By PR Lumber, locally milled lumber, family owned. PR Lumber on Route 15 in Walcott. And your locally owned Agway store, Montpelier Agway Seeds and Feeds, and a whole lot more. They're right there on Route 2 in Montpelier. And these flowers and garden shop to serve you, Main Street in Waitsfield. And here is your host, Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so we have uh, uh, another rainy day. There's a surprise, huh? <laughs> oh, I tell you. <laughs> Well, it shouldn't stop you from getting out in the garden, even so. There's still lots of things to do out there. I'm just picking up branches that have fallen off the tree. I haven't really gotten in the garden yet. I'm yeah. Slow start, but hey, it, well, it, it but is early. Well, but actually, that, that, that's exactly right. So if you have, uh, like, blueberries or mm-hmm. raspberries or blackberries, uh, well, of course, you're picking from your garden already. I tell you, the best crop that I grow is the one I don't do anything for. I let Mother Nature do it for me. I'm still amazed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's your fiddlehead. Yes. Yes, right. And thank you. I just planted a few. Oh, this has to be 15 years ago. Yeah. To see if, well, if they come up in my backyard, that'll tell me when to go down when to go, into yes. the woods yeah. to find them. And it turned out that I must have about 20 by 25 <laughs> by 35 feet of a, of a fern forest when it finally, you know, reaches plant size. And even though I yeah. strip as many as I can off, it gets bigger every year. Oh, yeah. Isn't that something? <laughs> but they are delicious. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So um, if you haven't done... Um, you know, I haven't cleaned out any broken branches in your blueberries. Um, if last fall you didn't have enough time to take out the 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 dead canes, the raspberries, blackberries, you know, um, it's definitely time to get out there and get caught up and get that done. And then all those berries should have a little fertilizer put on them. You know, there are... Um, uh, certain, you know, plantone is a lot of different ones that are made for berries, especially they probably have a, a little bit of an acidifier in them. So anyway, you want to go ahead and fertilize them. And more importantly, and probably the most important is to go ahead and get the mulch uh, redone in, in those, um, in the, in, in the pathways, 
you know, around the blueberries in the pathways between the raspberries and the blackberries. Because what happens uh, if you don't clean them out and have a good pathway is you don't get good air circulation. And for the the tender little uh, um, uh, berries, you know, that's that's not a good thing. You want to make sure you've got good circulation around all of them, whether they're the, the raspberry, the cane fruits, or the blueberries. Um, so that's one of uh, one of your jobs and that you should be taken care of. Well, actually, that's three of your jobs. You want to clean out the canes, you want to fertilize them, and you want to make sure you've got a good mulch there. Now, depending on, again, if you didn't do it, um, you want to... Uh, uh, in the fall, you want to go ahead and top those canes um, uh, a little bit so they don't tend to fall over. I know my blackberries. If I don't if I don't tip them, they'll definitely they just sort of curve over and fall into each other. It makes it really hard to go and and pick. So that that's that's uh, your chore number one is taking care of the berries if you have some. And uh, well, it's time. Even in this rain, it's not raining all day, so and tomorrow should be good uh, to to plant your some of your sets. Now it's interesting because I've always called them sets, and some people look at me like, "Well, what's a set?" So I don't know what you call. They call this particular lady who wondered said she always called them plant set uh, starts. You know, starts instead of sets. So. Uh, whatever you call them, this is a good time to set out um, the sets of things like broccoli and kale, cabbage, you know, all those things that are very uh, cool weather tolerant. Uh, even Brussels sprouts is a good, uh, is a good one for now. Um, uh, and then, uh, well, you want to wait on your cauliflower for a couple of weeks. It's a little more tender and not quite as cold, hardy. So uh, give those another couple of couple of weeks now. I um, have at different times had uh, problems with a um, a root maggot for for the broccoli and some of the other uh, cold thing uh, cold plants. So what I do is um, I mix in a little bit of uh, wood ash right there in the hole where I'm putting the um, putting the set. You know the the roots. And that seems to really prevent almost all of that. They're they do not like the uh, the wood ashes at all. They don't seem to to do well in there. Even if they end up, uh, even if the little fly comes and lays eggs, the the little maggots don't don't seem to uh, mature. So um, those are all good for right now. Of course, you know all of your lettuce le- sets. I mean, we've got bib, the bib lettuce is just so perfect. I mean, it's so good. Eh? Even at the the store, they're coming in with bib lettuce. In a farmer's market today, probably some people are picking up some bib lettuce, I would be willing to bet. And um, and then uh, uh, even, and this is, is one of those th- new things that I never thought I'd try, uh, that I tried a couple of years ago, my... Uh, uh, a friend of mine, I was helping him with his garden, and he had picked up uh, these uh, beet sets. And I had, frankly, never even heard of beet sets. And, uh, you know, I said, well, okay, let's plant them, you know. <laughs> I'll be darned if they didn't turn out absolutely fantastic. I, I thought they'd be just like a carrot. You can't, you know, 
uh, can't transplant a carrot, but the beet sets were were terrific. It was a great idea. I've noticed how very delicate those sets are. Yeah. For some reason, the yeah. starters for, for beets, because I did buy a, a six-pack and was a little rough in the car. <laughs> I ended up with three <laughs> instead of six. Yeah, no, but they are very well, tender. Very tender I'll little tell plants. you what, uh, Joel, the, this was a mass of roots. I mean, it was like, you know, they, they must have put... 10 seeds in the cell and let them all grow up. So I was dividing them off and then planting them thinking, yeah, no way, no way. And uh, I tell my friend he was going to have to water those things twice a day because they're, they're so small, there's no way they would survive otherwise. And uh, so that actually worked. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Let's not forget spinach. Oh, yes. Lots of spinach mm-hmm. and peas. Let's get those peas in now. And particularly the sugar snaps, those are my favorites. And I grow uh, uh, three trellis, three four foot trellises of sugar snap peas. I usually try maybe two different varieties so that, you know, they stagger their time. But my, my sugar snap peas grow long into the summer. I mean, all the way into July. And by the time I finally take them down, they're eight feet tall. (laughs) The first year I put them on one of those trellises, they outgrew my trellis and I had to sort of imprompt another one. And since then, I put another two feet on all of my trellises. So uh, the... um, uh, the sugar snap peas, and of course, you know, just regular garden peas. You know, if you're if you're going to be doing the garden peas, well, then then you probably need to have, uh, you know, three or four rows, you know, to or at least a long row to to have enough to um, uh, freeze, which is what seems like that's what most people do with the garden peas, but. You know, my wife just loves any kind of pea we can put in uh, the um, the salads. It's just really great stuff. Uh, yeah, my granddaughter loves eating raw peas and raw, raw, all raw vegetables. But raw peas <laughs> yeah. are, are great. Very unusual because my, my parents had to hold a gun to my head to eat vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But, you know, when I was a kid, uh, spinach was from a can. And it was, you know, it was just like Calvin, you know, uh, you know, in the comics there. You looked at that glop on your plate and you thought, oh, my God, what is that? <laughs> well, of course, I, I grew up watching Popeye cartoons. Oh, yeah, and he right. would take the can of spinach <laughs> and Lord squeeze Lord. it with his hand and the spinach would pop up and then he'd catch it on the way down. You know? But, you uh, know, I came from my, 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 my German uh, side of the family. Mm-hmm. It was always cream spinach. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah, uh, right. And right. they would take a ton of spinach out oh. of my grandfather's garden. Yeah, yeah. And it would end up with like a relatively small but delicious pot of creamed spinach. Oh. I'm just amazed at how much you had to harvest. Yeah, well, yeah. fresh like that, it's got to be incredible. Yeah. But when it came out of a can, it was not incredible. No. <laughs> <laughs> we had to eat it, but I don't think my mom touched it. <laughs> I'm amazed that, uh, as I as mentioned last week, my little birds, my zebra finches, yeah. eat a ton of raw spinach yeah. every week. You yeah. know, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great vegetable. Yeah, I mentioned that to Deb, my wife, and uh, she was like, "I had no idea," and then she said, 
Well, what kind of a place is Joel do it? You know, what's that like over there? <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy world. It's an ecosystem. I have birds, cat, and a dog, and ne- never they should meet. You know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. So if you if you do have um, your own sets that you've been growing indoors under lights, um, you know, for the last uh, six, eight, ten weeks, whatever, you have to. It's important to uh, harden them off, is what they call it. To harden off is what you're doing is you're you're getting them used to the outdoor temperatures and and uh, you know winds and all that kind of stuff. So you you sort of need to set up a place where you can put them outside. And uh, well, of course, if you have things like tomatoes and stuff, you have to have a way protect them from the frost or else be able to shuttle them inside. So if you have them on trays, you can shuttle them inside overnight and put them back out. You don't really want full sun on those guys. So if you have like, a, you know, a gazebo or a, a porch or something like that, you know, it, it would be better to put them in a place that's covered a little bit and not full sun all the time. Otherwise, full sun can can uh, uh, set those uh, the little plants back a little bit. They might even wilt on you if you're not careful. Because what we're doing is we're getting them used to being in full sun and uh, full weather conditions. So this is basically the time to start with that. You know, you want to start... Uh, uh, hardening them off, you know, now so that by the time Memorial Day comes, and and uh, and this is of course things like your basil, your tomatoes, all the things, your cucumbers if you had them, um, your squashes if you started in any of those, anything that would be you know frost, uh, frost, well would be killed by a frost. You want to make sure that you don't have anything like that out while you're hardening them off. Now, your, your other things, like, again, the, the broccoli and stuff, and, um, um, well, things like cauliflower, if you, let me go back here. The broccoli, the kale, the cabbage, all those things that I mentioned before, those you can, you can let them harden off and leave them out. If there's going to be a light frost, okay. If it's a hard frost, you probably want to bring them in, too. But um, you can plant all those very soon. You know, as soon as you you feel as though they're they're looking hale and hardy outside. On the cauliflower, you want to wait a little bit. You know, you might actually want to wait on those until you until you get to Memorial Day or a week or so before Memorial Day, because they're a little bit more sensitive to the um, uh, to the cold than the other uh, broccoli family ones. And they have a, they have a a purple cauliflower, a number of vegetables, <laughs> just like the purple yeah. beans, which of course my my daughters just absolutely love the purple yeah. beans because I love them when they yeah. we steam them they'd immediately turn, turn green. green yeah and right. Uh, right. likewise the uh, the purple cauliflower turned white <laughs> yeah, there you go amazing yeah yeah. Amazing yeah, stuff. yeah yeah so you know why are you growing purple cauliflower well just because it's pretty well and some people like to eat cauliflower raw it's for the same reason that I I I grow, I grow White, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the like the white radishes? No, oh, the right cukes? No, oh, I'm just I'm just blocking <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, eggplants. The, oh, 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 no white rabbits then. No, no. Well, I've got every other kind of rabbit that's out there. You know, that's a problem. That's the yeah. problem with uh, 
with attracting animals to my property, which I do with my bird feeders. Mm-hmm. That yeah. They, uh, you know, go to the the entire buffet, including uh, the garden. Should I tough. ask, it, hmm? what do you feed the rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> well, the ra- the rabbits are the reason that I actually don't grow peas these, uh, these oh. days. You know, oh, yeah. and uh, pole beans I don't I don't grow now because of the uh, because of the deer out there. Oh. You know? And they are a captive herd out on the mm. isthmus, which is Porter's Point. Mm-hmm. So I can count on the and about ten of them, and I, I can count on them coming every year. No electric fence or anything like that. No, no. no. Uh, yeah. You know, we we had great conversations uh, with uh, with Ed Smith mm-hmm. on that, and mm-hmm. he had he had a great strategy mm-hmm. um, at the different heights, which a couple of our listeners yep. pointed out really work. You have one low, <laughs> one low, and one you high. That one high for the uh, for the deer, and mm-hmm. it sounds a little cruel, but uh, the high one for the deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you get it up and going, and you put a little peanut butter on the fence, <laughs> uh, they have one quick experience, and you don't see them again. You know, they 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 they, they, they one trial learning is a psychologist. That's psychologist. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they stay away after that. But uh, one of these days, I will get an area uh, protected. But uh, what I have in my beds, my what's new for my garden, were yeah. the were the raised beds, and they're small, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, the tomato and basil and a few vine crops that come out of it are really pretty much what I need these days. I yeah. don't want to overextend myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I do believe we have our first caller of the program. And uh, let me just say good afternoon to you. You're on the air with Peter Burke. You, you got me on? I yep. believe you're on. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering there. Hello. What's up? Hello. Hi. Name in town? My name is John. I'm from Hyde Park. Hey, John. Welcome. Yeah, I got uh, blueberry questions. I actually called you last year, but I was oh. a little late getting yeah. things rectified. But yeah. What we targeted was that you thought I had, like, um, I got it written down, a two-spotted fruit fly. But yeah, yeah, it's, it sounds like it, because uh, uh, your your uh, berries had little maggots in them, or little little tiny white things. Yeah, they, well, I didn't quite identify them, but the, the berries started forming and was looking good at first, and then they would just... yeah. Be, be shriveled up and gone before they were ripe. Mm-hmm. So what what did you end up doing? Well, I, I really didn't end up doing too much so, <laughs> in the spring. <laughs> okay, sure. Well, so what are you what are you planning on doing? Or, or are you? Well, you'd said to dig up the soil around them, maybe, and uh, so I thought I'd do that. Now I was wondering how close to the roots can you dig, and uh-huh. without that's damaging the plants. Yeah. Well, you can uh, you can bring pretty close. I mean, I probably would leave stay back up maybe about six inches or so. But uh, do you have a mulch in there on on the blueberries? I've had a fabric there over to keep the weeds down, but it's uh-huh. it's about four years old. It's getting kind of rough. And sure, yeah. I think I'd just take it up and start over with that idea. Yeah. And uh, let me just see. I'm trying to remember. You did mention putting uh, fly stickers. Yeah, the fly stickers. That's one of the. That's one of the things. The. Um, when would those need to start? Well, I actually start them real soon because uh, a lot of times the eggs are laid right in the beginning of the year. It's sort of like those. Uh, I was just mentioning the. Uh, the. Uh, 
the you know the maggots that grow on the roots of the broccoli, the broccoli root maggot, and those flies uh, come out real early and they plant their I mean they plant they lay their eggs and then they get the maggot out early, so you you know you want to stay right with it uh, first thing get those things out to catch it's the flies that you really want to try to catch more than anything else yeah and uh, let's see. I'm not sure if there's a spray like a like the spinosad, you know, the uh, Captain Jack's, um, and I would have to actually check on that. But there must be something along the line that you can do. Uh, but most people say is that the, the the just general keeping things clean and trying to catch those little buggers before they. Before they lay the eggs is probably the best way to, you know, to keep things going. Okay, and like maybe some pine needles would that be a good idea or not? Oh, I just use bark myself. Bark. I mean, uh, I like pine needles and they're they're pretty enough, but um, I just find the I use bark on everything, so you yep. know, it just just seems easier to me. But any kind of uh, that's a good acidifier, so that would be work out just fine. I'll just make a comment from last year, too. I talked yeah. to you about the uh, maggots, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, on the, I had them on the Brussels sprouts. Oh, really? Uh, uh, in the roots, you mean? Yeah, and I put ashes around it, and they, the plants had started along fairly good, and then they kept started dying back. Uh-huh. And I, had, I think I had eight plants, and two of them didn't make it but the others came right along after yeah put the ashes around them yeah that's cool isn't it i mean it, uh, you're right it's not a hundred percent but it's uh it does seem to work if you catch it early enough so it's uh but boy there's so many critters out there these days it's really a lot now do you f feed your uh, blueberries at all yeah i put a little of i don't know some special fertilizer for yeah. blueberries i get right. it agway and yeah right okay well, that's good. And uh, so did you get anything out of your crop last year? No, I think I've had this problem for two years. Two years ago, I got like maybe half a crop. And last uh. year, basically, I might have eaten a blueberry too while I was in the garden. But <laughs> <laughs> how, how could you not, actually? Um, I'll go through and look. If you happen to be uh, listening next week, I'll look. Or if somebody else knows more, they could call in. That's one of the great things we have going here. So, um, But those are the main things to start with. Yeah, I can uh, check with the local stores and about the Captain Jack. Yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I'm trying to go from memory, but I'm pretty sure that that is. The Spina said will set those guys back. It's just a when to when to do any of those things is what's important is you you've got to get to them before the um, before they lay the eggs because once they lay those eggs you're you're done you know there yeah, there's I, nothing I, you can put on the berry that's going to get rid of those so this is uh, this is a case where prevention is is uh, more than worth a pound of <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, because uh, that's about the only way you can do it. Okay, Peter. Thank you very much. All right, John. Thanks for the call. Much appreciated. And if you find something that you really like, let me know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay. 
Well, you know, um, Joel. Yep. The, the Kate Fard ceiling ceiling sale is coming up. That's right, and we have extra days to uh, participate. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this year they're going to be open both Saturday. I'm sorry, Sunday and Saturday, because yep. <laughs> they were always open on Sundays. Right. That's when I usually went. And uh, so they're starting May 11th and 12th, Saturday, Sunday. Mother's Day is Sunday, so take mom. And uh, then I guess the next one is the next week, May 18th and 19th, then May 25, 26. That's Memorial Day mm-hmm. weekend, and that's when you want to make sure... June 1st and 2nd and 8th and 10. Boy, that's they really extended that out this year. That's great. So it's a huge selection of or hardy organic vegetables, herbs, plants, flowers. That's where uh, Deb, uh, my wife, got the... Um, um, the creeping time oh, that, yes. that I always talk about. Yeah, she she called Sally and said, "Hey, you know, I'd really like to have about well, I don't know how many plants, maybe twenty five or whatever." But she said that that'd be great. Now here's one for you. You can even get CBD hemp plants there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Kate Farm's been growing for Central Vermont for 39 years, located in East Montpelier between Route 2 and 14 on Coburn Road. Watch for the signs. Uh, for more information, go to the Kate, katefarm.com. So, of course, the cool thing, I you know, I know Richard and, and Sally and have been going there for years for for uh, plants, and um, this is their 17th annual seedling sale, and I was trying to figure if I had been to all 17 of those at one point in time, but <laughs> anyway, uh, of course, um, the the thing that I like, of course, is these are all grown here. They're all growing in good old Vermont. These are not plants that are, are brought up from the south, so... <clears throat> um, that's a it's a great uh, you don't want to miss that. So we'll be reminding people for each uh, weekend as it's coming up. Oh yeah. And uh, but um, now 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 if Saturday is better than Sunday, you have that option as well. Mm, yeah. All those weekends. Yeah. yeah. Right. I like that. So I'm kind of curious on what other people are planting right now, and see if uh, see if my list is about the same as theirs. One of the things that I've always sort of uh, um, wondered is how much other people plant of different things. Morris. Um, for instance, uh, broccoli, you know, after a couple of years of planting broccoli, I settled down to planting 24 broccoli plants. And that worked not only for, you know, an initial crop, but it also worked for the side shoots. Those little side shoots are the most tender, and if you get them just Ab- at the right time. Absolutely mm-hmm. great. And they will grow right on into November. And uh, so we've, you know, I found that for fresh broccoli, well, you have the first, you know, the first head. And, of course, this was, this was one of those learning experiences where, you know, I would be disappointed because the broccoli head might be only three inches or something, you know. I mean, I, I like a good, you know, eight, nine, ten, maybe even a 12-inch broccoli head, you know, when I grow them. But sometimes, you know, and I'm not sure why, you get this three-inch broccoli head. 
Yeah, I, 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 when I first started doing this, and I had Dick Raymond's book at the time, mm-hmm. I figured, well, it's a three-inch head. I'll wait till it's a six-inch head. <laughs> then I got these beautiful yellow flowers. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, it's all been part of life's adventure. I have very few regrets. Isn't that? Even when birds and deer show up, I just see, I just see what's going on, you know. And, but, yeah, it was the first time I had to, what are these, asking my wife, what are these yellow flowers doing? <laughs> you know. But the old phrase, it's gone to seed. It's gone to, yes. Pretty close to yes. it. Yeah, right. Now we know. <laughs> well, um, so it was funny. It was one of those, uh, there's a, I think it's called Pac-Man or something. And it was something that I, I picked up at, at, at uh, one of the uh, sets, sales. You know, I can't remember where it was. But on the in the write-up, it says, uh, good for side shoots. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, yeah? Because <laughs> once that head came, I was like, you know, okay, goodbye, chop it off and get rid of it. And uh, um, so I read up a little bit about it and found out, well, if you just keep watering and keep fertilizing your broccoli, you have these wonderful side shoots, and they're just as good as any broccoli you'll pick off of there. And in some ways, like you say, the stems are even more tender. And uh, they make a just a great stir fryer. Anything you use them for. I mean, if you're going to eat raw broccoli, that would be the way to do. It would be prefer the side shoots. I mean, that's like a delicacy, really. And I've, I also noticed that later in the season, I'm dealing with a lot fewer. Many, many fewer of those uh, delightful little green worms. <laughs> one of your favorites. That, yeah, my daughter just about ran from one county <laughs> to another. When, the, the reason when, that nobody eats broccoli <laughs> in the Nashman house. Yeah, <laughs> the cabbage worm. Yeah. Now they, they masquerade. I mean, I have frozen them and then steamed them. Oh, the, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I defy anybody to say that they've never have experienced that. <laughs> you know, they're, very, they're very well camouflaged. <laughs> <laughs> right, that goes uh, uh, right along with eating, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the proverbial pound. So anyway, you you know that everybody has probably eaten one cabbage worm in their life, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> T- tomato worms—they're a different story. No, no, they would never. Do, they could never disguise themselves. <laughs> uh, you, you need weapons against those guys. I would say the horned tomato that, worm. As yeah. A, <laughs> yeah. Boy, I tell you, I remember. I was just a kid when I first saw one on one of my grandfather's <laughs> tomato plants, and uh, the plant was as big as I was, and I was staring eye to eye to one of those things. Uh, <laughs> and he was thinking, uh, could I eat it? <laughs> well, I, it, was, it was around then that I had like seen Godzilla and Mothra and watching the late night horror movies. I said, this is this is going to grow into a Godzilla. You know, <laughs> it definitely has that that uh, that look to it. No question about it. <laughs> oh lordy. Well, anyway, so the twenty four. You know, and this is one of the things that I use when I'm doing my garden planning is I, I know I want so many of these, so many of those, so many other things. It's just like um, I always try to do uh, uh, six uh, trellises of, of cherry tomatoes because, of course, everybody loves the, the, the sun golds, you know, because they're sweet. And I like a, a, a good, um, you know, just a good regular cherry tomato, red cherry tomato, mm-hmm. which I love. And, and then I like to see if I can't get another color, like the yellow tomatoes. 
cherry tomatoes. Mm-hmm. The yellow cherry tomatoes tend to run sort of pear shaped for the most part, but they're still they're great. They're they're delicious. And to my experience is they don't split as rapidly. As yeah, the I red think ones, you're right. You know, I, I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and so that's one of my our favorite summer meals is the cherry tomatoes. You go around, you collect a few from every, you know, all the bushes and on a four foot trellis. Um, you know where the big tomatoes are. I would plant one per square foot. I actually put six. Cherry tomatoes because it, they're they're a smaller plant. They do grow high. They still will fill up all of the eight feet, um, but they uh, um, they they seem to like that. They they don't seem to mind being eight inches apart at all. So um, why not? <laughs> yeah, I, I still use tomato cages because I have them and I use them for all varieties of tomatoes, even those mm-hmm. that crawl on the ground. I forget what mm-hmm. the what the word was, but you know, some grow straight up and some crawl. But I use tomato cages mm-hmm. for all of them, and I can put those cages pretty close together. Oh yeah, if I yeah. need to, you know. Indeterminate. Indeterminate. That's right. <laughs> well, that's why you're the expert. I'm the guy pushing the buttons. That's the. <laughs> I just happened to remember it. That's all. I was going. Oh yeah. What is that? <laughs> the crawl. The crawling type. Well, it was. Uh, it was actually um, Ed that's that uh, listening to show, and he was talking about he uses the Jet Star, which is a, uh, you know, which is a bush mm-hmm. variety, and and if you don't know, um, the bush varieties grow so tall, and then they basically stop. They set their Fruit. They usually set their fruit within a very, you know, sort of narrow window, which is designed for, you know, agricultural business is that they, they don't want, uh, you know, a few uh, tomatoes every so often. They want all of theirs, you know, within a window. So they want that harvest all to be about the same, which is a great thing. I like that because, you know, if if I plan to make a juice or sauce or uh, I'm going to dry a lot of tomatoes, it's nice to have a bunch ready all at once. So that Jetstar is a is a nice uh, is a nice choice because it's not huge. It's only about maybe two, two and a half inches. But it's it's ready within a, a small period of time. Uh, yeah, fairly early one. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Three, a three foot uh, stake is plenty for them. Uh, whereas you know, if you're growing a uh, you know a large heirloom tomato that's an indeterminate, again you're you're back to six or you know ten foot, six or eight foot uh, trellis. Now it's interesting during Hurricane Irene. I have to tell you this. The trellises, I watched them the whole, you know, off and on during the day. And the trellises just sort of wiggled back and forth a little bit. But those cherry tomatoes, they just hung on for dear life, never had a problem at all, (laughs) you know. Excellent. (laughs) They don't have quite that big leaf leaf out like some of the tomatoes. And knock on wood about uh, the the blight. Uh, you know, it was the the first big one that happened a bunch of years ago. Was yeah. they actually did attribute it to a, a certain portion of a southern state that supplied a lot of the, um, you know, the, a lot of the outlets uh, all over the country that uh, brought in their tomato plants. Just another another reason to uh, go local here. You know. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's so true, and I think that. Uh, well, I always do at least three trellises, four-foot trellises of the sugar snap peas. Mm-hmm. Did I mention that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then I like to plant uh, eight plants of parsley. That's four per square foot. 
And because, uh, you know, we use the parsley in a lot of our different um, uh, recipes, just fresh. Yeah, that's an annual. Right? Uh, it's an annual. Yeah. Well, I, it's a biennial, but, you know, I always plant it as an annual. Yeah. And um, my wife likes to make um, uh, parsley pesto. And I don't know if you've ever had it before, but it's no. it's delish. It's really good. And what got her going is we were down in New York City, no, Brooklyn, actually, at uh, Frankie's Restaurant. And they have a, a book, you know, Frankie's Recipe Book. And and we, we were there one night uh, when my son was living in Brooklyn. Uh, and uh, it was a great restaurant. And they, um, they served us a, a parsley pesto. And she said, we're making this. <laughs> so um, we've been making parsley pesto. So that's what will grow. And uh, eggplants may not seem like a lot, but it, it you know, we'll do probably six, eight, maybe even 10 cups of parsley pesto. And uh, that, that we'll put it in the freezer and pull that out. Whereas if... Um, I like to grow 16, 16 of the basil plants, and I'll grow that um, in it. That fills a whole four by four square foot, so it's you know four per square foot, and um, that yields me besides the the fresh eating and you know picking it up for uh, salads and stuff. Um, by the end of the of the growing season, you know, I'll have uh, probably put away about thirty cups of of uh, pesto, and uh, I, you know, of course, I am completely biased, but it is the best pesto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we use walnuts and not pine and not nuts. Not pine nuts. No, yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm sensitive to pine nuts, so I don't use those. And then we use the garlic from the garden. <laughs> And, uh, and, of course, the olive oil from our own olive trees. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm, I'm still working. Well, actually, this year I'm, I'm going to try and see if I can plant a fig tree. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Paradiso Farm. That's oh, the one. That's the Paradiso one. Farm. Got and it. he's also selling coffee now, so you'll probably you'll learn a little. But he said the figs are ready. You know, I, I'm, I love coffee. I'll just be my quick. Joel did it stupidly again, sorry, <laughs> on, with regard to coffee. Uh, uh, online from a very reputable supplier of plants, I, I bought a coffee plant, figuring oh, I, will, oh. I will just to watch it grow. You yeah, know, I'll keep it no. indoors. And it came. Of course, yeah. I ordered it in February. By the time I got home from work, it was frozen <laughs> solid. <laughs> so I've got to reorder that one. But I like So the they, when you ordered a coffee plant, you didn't get the deed to a plant down in Colombia? Then. No. <laughs> No, but I just wanted to. I just like watching <laughs> watching little things like that grow. But yeah. you know, I was reading some statistics about peach trees that in the 1950s in Vermont they were you know, virtually unknown yeah. to be planting. And even though uh, this is not anywhere near ideal climate to grow peach trees, it's it's uh, a mm -hmm. lot of people are mm -hmm. having you know marginal success marginal. With it. Yeah, yeah. So I, matter of fact, I think it was somebody on David Graham's show this week who was mentioning that they. They actually maybe tried. that's where I heard it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were uh, they were doing peaches, and it was you know not a huge crop, but you know a locally grown peach that's pretty pretty good. Although I, I'll take some of those plums, you know, in the co-op in the fall they had these you know wonderful yellow plums and little ones that that just uh, 
Yeah, growing up in, uh, uh, well, I grew up in the Bronx, but my grandparents in New Jersey, two farms down was just huge peach orchards of oh. various types, the yellow peaches, the white <laughs> peaches and everything. And uh, the Mr. and Mrs. Kummerak, and uh, they were from the old country. And mm-hmm. uh, they, uh, of course, when it came time to harvest, a lot of cars would kind of park along the edges <laughs> of their roads. So they uh, they put up a fence, and that, yep. of course, didn't deter people. But nope. they had the, these pair of German shepherd dogs that oh. And I've seen more people running and jumping over the fence. Terminators. Being, huh? yeah. Well, I think their bark was a lot worse than their bite. Oh, they yeah. were friendly dogs. But yeah, boy, if yeah. they saw somebody, At night. you know, yeah, uh, doing a, a midnight harvest, they'd let the world know. Do you, but, do you want to do the sponsors or shall I? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we do have. Oh, yes, indeed. And our telephone numbers are open. Yeah. 244-1777 and 1877-291. 8255. Okay, we do have some sponsors to uh, entertain, but by golly, let's go right to the air because the phone is open right now, as we said. And let me just ask your first name in town, please. Hi, Joel. This is uh, Pierre the Camp Cook calling. Hello. <laughs> Pierre the and Camp I, Cook, huh? Yes, yes. I heard you talk about peaches. I live in Burlington, and I've been uh, having my own peach trees for over 40 years. Oh, oh. man. Don't tell me your address. I might show up at night. You know? <laughs> That's okay. I'll take care of you. <laughs> wow, and very good. A lot of people don't realize and say, oh, no, you're joking. You're kidding. You can't have peaches up here. Well, they say over 40 years. Wow. So how did you get started with that? I mean, is that a peach that you bought from a nursery? or I bought, I bought a peach tree from the nursery, and then ever since then, I've had my own volunteers. Really? Huh. huh. Isn't that something? They, well, yeah. uh, from a local or, you know, uh, you know, a national sort of fruit? No, I think it was a local local uh, individual. But, again, that was a long time ago, so I don't remember. Yeah. Well, uh, Lewis Hill used to. Used peach, to uh, peach trees last about 18 years, plus or minus. Yep. And you're on to 40, huh? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you beat, strong. you beat the odds in every way. Well, of course, you're over by the uh, by the lake. Well, not really. Downtown no. Burlington, almost North oh. End. Oh, well, there you yeah, go. I'm not you're, too far you're from in that. A, I'm in Mallet Bay, Colchester. Uh, so, yeah, I'm yeah. in the Banana Belt. I was going to say yeah. that that is the Banana Belt. You realize? Yes. <laughs> well, there's a couple variety Reliance uh, from, and it was uh, a, it was uh, uh, created over in New Hampshire, and. Uh, they say that, that that does pretty well. You know, a lot depends on, uh, you know, the, how the spring goes. If it grows, if it if it warms up slowly, you know, it's one thing. But if it get, you get this hot spell and then it goes back to cold, then you you might lose your your flowers. So, I don't know. So I, are these uh, are they pink peaches or white peaches or? Well, they're pink, and in fact, I think it's Reliance. Do you think it is? Down. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's the one that that's probably the most popular in the colder temps, for sure. I do not spray. I don't do anything. I, yeah. I just talk to the trees. That's all. You talk to them. Yeah. No, yeah. no fungus or anything like I have on uh, my no, apple trees now. Not. Not at all. Huh. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm going to do this because that's one of my fondest memories of uh, the peaches. My younger days, the peaches. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wait. My only headache are uh, raccoons and squirrels. Oh. <laughs> squirrels. Wow. What do you do with those? Well, I, uh, you well, I can't tell you over the air. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh. 
22 or a BB? Well, well, <laughs> well yeah, well, something like that. <laughs> and I'm the guy that has a pet squirrel that I invite into my house and feed peanuts to. And F- Freddie the squirrel, Freddie the freeloader, comes in, eats his pe- eats his peanuts, and uh-huh. then leaves. Uh-huh. You know? Well, he probably would appreciate the the peaches. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but produce a great deal of cognitive dissonance. But I've, I've, just, I, I've never, I do not do lethal things to to critters, uh, and it's just, that's just me. And I've sacrificed a lot of carbon because of that, but I enjoy watching them. I don't know why. Well, I'm glad that that somebody's having success with the peaches. Yeah. Do you grow anything else besides peaches? Well, I do have a small garden. I had a plum tree for a while, and then that finally bit the dust. Yeah. And I had some. Uh, I had a sweet cherry tree, and uh, that bit mm-hmm. the dust. Yeah. And uh, let's see, I had a sour cherry tree, and that bit the dust. Mm. So um, mm. I'm replanting those trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my grandfather, this is down in the central Jersey, uh, was just a master with grafting both his apple trees and, as I remember more vividly, his cherry trees because there were several different kinds oh, of cherries right? on the same on the same tree. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, he was so good at that. Mm. Mm. I took you it got, for granted at the time, and yeah. I, I so regret that. I just yeah. wish I'd learned every one of his little secrets. <laughs> oh, well. I'm sure okay. there's... All right. Thank um, you. John, okay. uh, I mean, Pierre, Pierre, the camp cook, That's thank right. you for you, calling. Yeah, ask Dana All about right, the camp cook. <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> gardening. Yeah, take, we'll thank do. you. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, back to... How much to grow is one of the things. I like to grow um, both the bush beans and the pole beans. Um, so I'll do two trellises, which is uh, 32, yeah, 32 bush bean plants. Um, and uh, the the reason I like to do both of them is that the, the pole beans grow over time. You know, they give you a harvest that, that goes on. You know, for, well, it's same thing like with the cherry tomatoes and the bush tomatoes. Uh, the cherry tomatoes just keep producing all right up to the end of the season. Uh, the bush tomatoes basically give you a harvest once or twice. The pole beans just keep producing right over through the season until the last frost. The bush beans give you roughly two, you know, good-sized pickings. And um, so the bush beans, depending if we're going <clears> to <throat> or planted to freeze or um, uh, freeze or can, we do we do a lot of uh, dilly beans. My my wife likes to make those, and she and I will sit there and stuff a jar and can a couple of nights, and um, that uh, that works really well for us. Some of the so I'll do at least twelve bush beans. You know, that's the the front side of my uh, four by four square bed, and I'll do uh, two uh, two trellises of the pole beans. That way, we have both uh, you know early season uh, beans from the bush ones, and we have a crop that we can you know we can uh, 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 can from. And then we just got the, by the time those are pretty much done, the pole beans start to come in. And um, the, uh, the, the bush beans, um, we tried a variety I'd never used called a, a Romano. And it's a more of a flat shape, whereas most of your, your bush beans are sort of like a, you know, cylinder, they're round. And uh, 
Those Romanos, I have to say, were the tenderest, most flavorful bush beans uh, I've ever had. And I, I try to include some of those every year. And uh, I just found uh, that same variety in the form of a pole bean. So um, that's a... a that should be a real treat to have those. You know, I, I mentioned how much we enjoy the purple beans. Yeah, I was thrilled. Uh, it was only it was after maybe my first two years of doing it mm-hmm. that, that I'd found that there was a a, a pole bean. Purple yeah. bean. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, I mean, the others were easy to find. The bush beans. Yeah, sure. But uh, and you know, and I and Ed Smith agreed with with me as well mm-hmm. on this is that back when I had really good crops of 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 uh, several different varieties of pole beans as well as the bush beans. Mm -hmm. The pole beans do taste better. Yeah. yeah. You agree? Uh, I do. I do. Um, Except with the exception to that rule is the the Romano one. You should try that. It's a flat uh, green bean. Mm -hmm. And it's Italian, uh, of course. And you will find that whether it's a pole bean or a bush bean, it grows really, really well. It's very delicious. In my in my generosity to critters of all types, <laughs> uh, a couple of years I grew, and they grew very well, yeah. a, a bean that you don't eat but grow for the red flowers. Oh. You can find them in the uh, – you can find them in the in, in most of the seed stores that have a big variety. Huh. And uh, you do that to, to attract the hummingbirds. And they are just no all kidding. over the place there. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's, a, it's a pole bean, and uh, these beautiful little red flowers come, and they, you know, the hummingbirds are there for as long as the, the flowers are in bloom. But apparently right. the, 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 the beans that result aren't the, the best to eat. I never tried. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what happens is, oh, okay, it just puts out a lot of flowers, yeah. so the hummingbirds like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. Well, if you really want to see hummingbirds, just put a, a, plant some um, comfrey. Really? Oh my yeah. gosh! They are around there. Uh, it's like sometimes they're easy, even a battle over the comfrey bush. You know, where one comes in and buzzes the other one, and the other one takes off. It's uh, and there's just a little purple flower on the on the comfrey that is on a spike. It's mm-hmm. good. It's good. You know, probably a good half inch or so, but it's. Well, my my wife called me the other uh, day from uh, work, where one of her friends said. I've, le- I've heard the hummingbirds are in New Hampshire, so she <laughs> called me, and I filled up my little, you know, made the, made the, sh- the sugar hey. syrup and put it out there. Yeah. And I put out my Oriole feeders oh, with, oh. The, uh, with the ar- – cut an orange in half, put yeah. it on a spike on a, on a feeder, and then get, filled two little dishes with, uh, uh, with uh, uh, blueberry jam. Oh. And uh, the hummingbirds come, uh, and the, uh, the the Orioles come. I haven't seen them yet this year, but they've come every year. I've had well, that feeder up. Jill, I think you need a butterfly feeder now. Yeah. I think you you know you need to add to the. <laughs> well, you know, in, in the true interest of the complete ecosystem, yes. we, you're talking about all the the wonderful broccoli plants. Uh-huh. They seem to attract those lovely little yellow and white uh, oh, yeah. tiny moths. Absolutely, you know, moth-like yeah. That, yeah. That's when you know it's time to yeah. spray. Yeah. Is yeah. when you see those things yeah. flitting about because yeah, they, they give birth to those green little things. It doesn't take long to <laughs> once once they once they lay those eggs, they're on their way. But they're both yellow ones and white ones. I've, yeah, you know, yeah, I've and I've seen the light blue as well. I've been wondering what the what the difference in the uh, the larva looks like. I you know they all look the same to they me. They all look the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Distasteful. I, I've, I've seen all colors, and I've never yeah. seen any difference in the worm itself. <laughs> 
So anyway, life is interesting. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I'm looking at these wonderful pictures of of uh, blueberries online here, and uh, uh, I was looking up to see if there was anything else we needed to talk about on the blueberries, but. I just can't help but think, oh boy, not long, not long, we'll be having blueberries. Yeah, they, they market Maine blueberries, uh, the, the wild blueberries from Maine. I mean, there are wild blueberries mm-hmm. here yeah. as well. Yeah. But uh, that's an entire industry up there. And remember, two years ago, they had a they had a very bad year for some yeah. reason with the right. Maine blueberries. And, uh-huh. I mean, they were harder to find, and those you did find were more expensive. But uh, I'm telling you, yeah. if you drive up to, we drove through Canada. Uh, through Maine to go to Canada, I'm sorry, and you see fields that look like they're sort of scrub, uh-huh. you know, but they're, when you, you know, when we get off to get some gas, we looked at them and it was like, oh, those are just low bush blueberries. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess that's what they use, you know, because it's easier to harvest from because, you know, you can do it with a harvester. Right, right. And uh, there were, once we realized what they were, they were just Fields and fields and fields and fields of them. I mean, it was just, it was like cornfields in in uh, Illinois and Iowa. And they're, they're tasty little devils in their own way. You know, oh, yeah. of course, I love the, I love Vermont. I love Vermont blueberries. Just love eating Vermont blueberries. Forbes, do you, are you hearing this? <laughs> I love Vermont blueberries. <laughs> yeah, he has a great, uh, he has yeah. a great uh, yeah, yeah. couple seen. of fields of apples and blueberries and all those good things. Oh, what fun. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, that's fun. I I have three, uh, three apple trees, and they're all you know the, the smallest you know the, and uh, oh they're about you know six feet tall. But boy, they they produce them really. One's a the, um, uh, well, it's uh, what is that called? It's a sweet yellow early early hmm. early on. That's and it makes great sauce and. Anyway, that's a lot of fun. I enjoyed. Yeah, doing there's that. one Vermont farm which I think is has uh, deep connections with the state agriculture department mm-hmm. uh, agency mm-hmm. the, that uh, grows all the grows many different varieties, mm, and they yeah. do sell them. They are mm. uh, expensive, and uh, but there was kind of I can't remember. My mother remembered when she was a little girl; she loved and. I found them up in the islands at the Hackett Orchards. Oh. Uh, they had them. I think the Hackett's have retired, but some other people are running the, the orchards right now. So there are many different great uh, varieties yeah. of uh, Honeycrisp of apples. is yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Where where I am, where I am at, at uh, Porter's Point yeah. in Colchester, Porter's Point was known as the uh, Porter's Orchard. So I have oh. several vestigial oh. Oh. trees. I'm not too sure what varieties they are, but there are a couple <laughs> of trees that are still around on people's property. But they're not uh, they're not all that useful except for one tree that I had that was a um, uh, uh, a crab apple. And uh, oh, yeah. I actually did make crab apple jelly. Oh, yeah, it. sure. But then the, the the Green Mountain Power people removing trees that were in the way of their wires. Yeah. Uh, that was the end of oh, my crab did, apple yeah. tree. But we well, had, we have a caller on oh, the air. I just oh, okay. want, I didn't want to lose Well, it. I want to remind people in the Kate's. Uh, but oh, yeah. we'll, we'll do that after the call. Sure. Uh, you're on the air with Peter. Your first name in town, please. Hi, guys. I'm Jerry. I'm from Berlin. Hey, Jerry. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, r- real quick uh, question. Yeah. I've got wild black raspberry bushes okay. all over my backyard mm. on the hill. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my wife loves them, and she goes and picks them 
when they're ready, but should I prune them? I mean, some of them are six feet tall. Well, yeah, you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, but <laughs> How long? Um, you want to take the top third of them off, uh, but generally speaking... Uh, it's too late. It might be too late for, for those guys. What you really want to do is, uh, is thin them out a little bit. You'll, you'll get a better, you'll have less problems with uh, the different uh, black end rot and all kinds of other stuff that, that you see on, the, uh, on a raspberry. And so if you give them a little air, you know, just cut a few out. Make sure you take all the old canes because that's usually where your diseases come from. And, uh, but, yeah. excuse me, but are you saying I should dig it out? No, no, just cut them. Just cut them. Oh, just cut them real low. Yeah. More like armor yourself with a good, uh, you know, <laughs> a good oh, I know. leather gloves and a, you know, and a, uh, and a, um, a jacket that won't. Uh... Oh, I, I believe me, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anybody that's uh, Vermonter has run through uh, raspberry bushes in shorts. Definitely yeah. knows. <laughs> well, just the thought of it. Well, try doing that with blackberries. Oof. I'm I know they're huge. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. That's yeah. incredible. Um, yeah. So okay. So it just thin them out. I mean, it may seem sort of uh, it, it, if you do feed them, they will respond and they'll they'll like it, you know. But uh, if your wife's happy with them the way they are, just thin them out and cut them down a little bit. I can't believe you just said that. You yeah. must be married. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. If your wife's happy. And obviously well-trained. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the toast at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and he's well-trained? <laughs> was that your mother? <laughs> I am. Yeah. Oh, oh God bless you. Um, All right. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll trim Jerry. a few and cut down a few. Yeah, yeah. You know, just if for nothing else, make it easier for it to get in the patch there. Oh, definitely. You're right. Give yourself. Yeah. I, you know, you could. Yeah, right. Right. Definitely. All right. All right, buddy. Thank you very much for answering my question. <laughs> okay, and Jerry. I love your show. Yeah, good, good. Thank you very much. Indeed, thank you. <laughs> Where I walk my dog in the warm months uh, at the airport park, there are wild uh, raspberries and some mm. wild strawberries, mm-hmm. too. Not, not the, not the uh, Ingmar Bergman film, but uh, the tiny little we, strawberries. Yeah, that uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I picked a pint and it took me like four hundred little strawberries. But still, but they the are sweetest, delicious. The they sweetest berries you'll yeah. ever have. Yeah. We have a, a thumbberry that, yeah. that uh, on the roadsides on Calais. I don't really know what it is, but it looks a lot like a raspberry, except it's a little drier. You know, it's not not quite as juicy, but it's very delicious. Anyway, I wanted to remind everybody of the mm-hmm. the Kate Farm seedling sale. And uh, new this year, it's going to be open not just Sundays, but Saturday and Sunday, starting May 11th and 12th. That's uh, the Mother's Day weekend. Uh, May 18, 19, May 25, 26, Memorial Day weekend. That's, that should be a busy weekend. And uh, June 1st and 2nd and uh, let's see here. Oh, from eight o'clock in the morning to ten uh, to two at night uh, in the afternoon, 
So it's eight to two. Mm-hmm. And I think I misread that last time. I said they were they were going to be open June eight to two. <laughs> first and second, I think. Yeah, first and second. Yeah, yeah. And this is the hours eight are a. eight a.m. to two o'clock. <laughs> you can't trust me with anything, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I can attest to the fact that there's a great selection of. Uh, they have the Jet Star that uh, that um, uh, Ed liked and. Um, and uh, in something, you know, try something new there. I, I'm going to go look for some melons. I told you I wanted to try some melons this year. Did I tell you that? Um, no, not, not oh, this yeah. time. Yeah, I want to try a couple of... Um, there's one Korean melon that I'm kind of interested in. It grows kind of long and narrow, you know, maybe about three inches around, about eight inches long. And I thought I'd put that on one of my trellises, see if I couldn't get it to give me one or two off of each vine. Yeah, they have a great website, though. You can get all the information in one place, and that's what, katefarm.com? Katefarm.com. You're absolutely right, and that's on between Route 2 and 14 on Coburn Road. So if you head out, uh, well, actually, if you head out towards Plainfield or over towards uh, Hardwick, there are signs on both ends of the road. They have signs up, so you find them. Well, we're we're running a little over time, but oh. let's take the our what we'll declare as our last call of the program. Oh, we because have. that said person is on the line, and your first name in town. Hello. Hello. Yep. Yes, you're on the air with uh, with I said with Ed. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> anyway, huh? Peter. This is Forbes over in Corinth. Oh, bless uh, you, Forbes. Hey, Forbes. There you go. Oh, yes. I uh, was wondering if you have any, any more uh, additional information on the, the two-spotted Drusilia that uh, is a plague to all blueberry growers. Yeah. yeah. I, well, uh, what are, you, are you using uh, the Spinoset? Are you trying that? Yeah, I, I use that. Uh, you have to alter You don't want any more than two sprays with it. Yeah, but right. I, I battled them last year and was quite successful. Good, good. Now, so you do an early spray? Um, yeah, I, well, as soon as the uh, fruit develops, that's yeah. when they, they hit you. Uh, and then right every seven days, or depending uh, on rain. Yeah. But uh, uh, what they like is a dark atmosphere, so you have to do a lot of pruning, especially in the center of the bush. Uh-huh. Open it up and get some sunlight in there, and that, that knocks them down hard. Wow. And then traps, of course, they're, uh, they're a cider vinegar uh, fruit fly. Okay, right. So you build some uh, build some traps for that and, and get them out around That's the a, perimeter of your... It's amazing how many... Uh, I mean, it's almost like the uh, um, the Japanese beetle traps. The fruit flies really do come to that vinegar. It's pretty pretty effective. Right. Well, they're working on the pheromone, and uh, that, that comes through. That'll help a lot. Yeah, yeah. All right. I didn't so, know whether you... Seen any additional? No, uh, I'll double check. But you, you know, that's those are the main things. Um, what I mentioned before was, of course, the pruning, uh, opening it up, and do you use a mulch? Um, yeah, well, I use a, a softwood, uh, a wood chip mulch. Wood chip mulch, yeah, or okay. pine. Yeah. Or, um, okay. Yep. So you do, yeah. All right. And um, uh, so the. Okay, the spray. Now, you you mentioned that you spray when the fruit uh, develops, first develops, right? right? And then uh, you said every two weeks after that? Right, yeah. 
And course, if you have um, one inch of rain, everything's negated anyway. Oh, so then you have to spray if you have one inch right. of rain. Right. Even, even if you just finished, you've got to turn around and go right back in again. <laughs> that must uh, tick you off. Again. Yeah, really. <laughs> and then every two weeks until, like, until the fruit sets or... Well, they'll attack it anywhere. Uh, even if you leave uh, fruits on your tree, they'll attack it and, of course, uh, drop to the ground and then start their life cycle over again. Okay. They're, they can wipe you out in a matter of uh, two days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really something. And and they're, they've just ruined the fruit. I mean, oh, yeah. You, yeah. you know, it, it... Fruit will go soft. Yeah. It'll stay yeah. there, and then it'll drop to the ground. Yeah. But uh, you open them up and... And, uh, there they are. Put them into salt water, and they'll emerge. So you can check them that way. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I uh, I saw them once, so, and that's about all you need is to see them once. Yeah, I saw them uh, a whole bunch of years ago at the Charlotte Berry Farm. Yeah, I think it was the first time that they were noted in Vermont. But boy, oh boy, every every little blueberry had that little white uh, thing inside. So, how much do you cultivate there, Forbes, of, of the blueberries? Uh, how many? Yeah. Um, about 450. Ooh, wee. Yeah, so it, uh, t- it's a, it takes a few minutes. <laughs> I have pick your own, so oh, yeah. that, that helps a lot so I can you know, get them out of there before they're attacked. Yeah, yeah. I'll but uh, it really, it's an ba- ongoing battle. I saw in Michigan that their spray programs were $1.3 million more than the year before just trying to deal with that one insect. Wow. See how big it is. Um, I bet that would go over like a lead balloon in the uh, at the state house. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah especially malathion or, or something yeah, right. chemical, chemical. And I'm all yeah, organic, right. so I'm pretty restricted. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, uh, Forbes, I want to thank you for the call. No yeah, problem. I appreciate it very much. And you probably either had Duchess or Yellow Transparent. Yeah, that's okay. right. That was your, your early. Your yes, uh, that was the one I was trying to remember which one it was. Because I've got 450 trees. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Those are early, wow. uh, that's a pretty early uh, ripe uh, apple. Beautiful, yeah. with a red stripe in it. Yeah, it makes the best applesauce. Pink. Absolutely, you hit it on the head right there. Applesauce. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a tart to it. And we'll uh, we cut them up, put them in the microwave for a minute or so, and then have them in our yogurt and stuff. And they're our cereal. They're really, really good. Right. That's good. All right, buddy. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Forbes. Right on. Yep. Bye bye. Well, we should uh, make this our final words for this edition oh. of In the Garden. <laughs> Unless you want to go another hour, but I think we, I think <laughs> well, we have other things I on, could, the, you know, on the, on the I log. I could, here. if you really <laughs> You know me, I'll talk garden uh, as long as you uh, have the mic on. I'll, I'll listen and uh, put in a non sequitur or two myself for a, as, long as, as long as you'd like. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'd really like people to call in and tell me how much of what they're growing they grow and why they use that, you know. I mean, I have sort of my list of things that I do every year. And it's it's real important to have that list. If you don't have a notebook, um, you know, when you go to the plant sale there at Kate Farms or when you go to the Agway or Blue Seal, any of those places that that have sets, you want to have a pretty clear idea. And the reason is you, you don't want to just buy stuff on impulse that you might not have space for in your garden. So it really does help 
to have an idea of how much of each thing you want. Okay? Yeah. That's I'm my f- yeah, I'm the kind of guy that would leave it with, with 14 different varieties of tomatoes and, <laughs> and for, nowhere and to forget put the them. peppers all, all together. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Don't these look nice? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Peter. All right. All right. By inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden with Peter Burke is brought to you by Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. Grow Compost of Vermont at growcompost.com, Route 2 in Moortown. The Willie Store in Greensboro. If they don't have it, you don't need it. Guy's Farm and Yard, Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Do they ever have the hanging baskets for Mother's Day? My goodness. And uh, check them online, Clausen's.com, for their uh, Monday coupons. Great value-saving coupons. PR Lumber, locally milled lumber, family-owned. On Route 15 in Walkett, building those raised beds, PR Lumber. Your locally owned Montpelier Agway right there on Route 2. Everything and anything and more. And V's Flowers and Garden Shop, there to help you with all your needs, right there on Main Street in Waitsfield. I'm Joel Nadgeman, a reminder that next Saturday we will take off as the Boston Red Sox start their game in the noon hour, but we will be back in two weeks. Peter Burke in the Garden here on WDEV. Inch by inch, row by row. Gonna make this 